Today we're going to talk a whole bunch about Holy Spirit because we're talking about spiritual gifts. And, uh, and so first I wanted to start with a little bit of a story because you know how I love to tell you stories about my family and about my kids and embarrass them because uh, it's just part of being a mom and a pastor. You get to put the two things together. <laughs> Trin says to me, there's some quote out there like, if you stand too close to her, you will be in a sermon illustration at some, some point. And I think my poor kids are definitely uh, on the end of that. Uh, so here's this funny story. So this is quite a few years ago. Um, it, was at, it was for Christmas. And we love to do this uh, scavenger hunt every year for Christmas. And the kids will get like a bigger present. And so we will hide it. And then we give them clues. And they have this little scavenger hunt. And they have to go through the whole house in order to find their large present. And I still do this to this day. Okay? My kids are teenagers. I still do this. And actually, this last year, I went to the girls, because Noah's married and doesn't live at home anymore. Uh, but I went to my girls, and they're uh, 18 and 15. And I was like, do you still want me to do this? Because like, if you're too old for this, like, if this is kind of getting dorky and lame, and you're like just doing it for me, like, I can stop, right, if this isn't what you want me to do. And Eden said to me, she's like, Mama... Like, I know you're busy. Okay, she's 15. Okay. I know you're busy, so, so you don't need to do it. I mean, it's just the best part of Christmas that I look forward to. <laughs> but you don't need to do it, Mama. And I was like, oh, dang, we're, we're still doing this. We're still doing this. Well, there was this one year... Uh, quite a few years ago, the kids were 7, 10, and 13, and so we did the scavenger hunt, and the kids are racing all over the house, and you know, I'm that mom that has the clue upstairs, and then the clue downstairs, and then the clue upstairs, and the clue downstairs. Like, I got to wear off some of their energy, right? So I've got them racing all over the house to get these clues, and the very last clue was in a Mickey Mouse tree ornament, Okay, and you actually had to open the ornament up. And inside, it said that their grandparents and their parents had given them a trip to Walt Disney World in Florida. And that they were leaving in 10 days and they got to go for like two and a half weeks to Disney World. Well, could you imagine when they opened that gift, the jumping up and down, the jumping, the jumping. Well, Trinity literally cleared the big round coffee table, jumped up and over it and dove on me and praised Jesus there was a couch behind me because she would have broke my back, I think. And I landed on the couch and she was just so excited that we got to go to Disney World in a few, a few days, a week later. Well, I can imagine that God, when he's handing out the spiritual gifts, which have you ever noticed? They're called spiritual gifts. So who are they named after? Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know. It's not a trick question. It's just like, it actually came to me today and I was like, duh, that's so obvious, right? Spiritual gifts are named after Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts and he kind of wants our reaction to be like my kids on Christmas Day, right? Where we jump over a coffee table because we're so excited to step into the things that God has for us. 
You know, he wants to equip and ignite and empower the bride of Christ. And if you are here and you believe in Jesus Christ, you are the bride of Christ. You don't need to doubt that. Say, I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Say it like you mean it. I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Say it like you really mean it. I'm a part of the bride of Christ. And you know, like a bride that is or, or um, uh, beautified and she's got her dress and her veil and her makeup and her hair, right? She doesn't show up with nothing. She shows up beautiful. And that's why he gives us those gifts. And so we show up beautiful, And he beautifies us, and he sanctifies us, and he ignites those gifts in us. And it's just like, honestly, it's like too good to be true. Like, when does God stop giving to us? Like, he just doesn't. He just doesn't stop giving to us. He's so incredible. If you don't believe it, you need to come sit in my office with me for half an hour because I will remind you, God is in control. He is powerful. He is an overcomer. And he dresses you. He clothes you in majesty. Why? To build up the body of Christ. Yes, all for his glory. All for the kingdom advancement. I don't even feel like I need notes today. I'm just going to chuck them. Romans 12, 6, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is in, is, sorry, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Now you need to know that word gifts there in the Greek is transliterated charisma. Oh, isn't that a good word? Since we have charisma... Hey, just say that with a little bit of attitude. Charisma. Say it like kind of flirty. Charisma. Hey, you're not flirting with me. I'm not into that. I'm married, happily married. But charisma, isn't that a great word? Charisma. And it means a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own. So God gives charisma to us no matter what we look like. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to be anything. There's no checklist. Oh, yeah, you get those three things done, and you can have this spiritual gift, and you get those things done, and you can have that gift. No, 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 no. Based on nothing you do, he gives you the gift, the charisma, the divine gift of grace. The next word there, grace, means of the merciless kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps them, he keeps you, he strengthens you, and he increases them in Christian faith. And then that word given in that scripture means to supply, to furnish necessary things. So God gives these gifts. His person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, gives and activates the gifts through the grace of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. You see, we look at these spiritual gifts and I think we often are, we're just not really sure, like what has God empowered me with? I'm not really sure. And I think that we, we often look at them and we're kind of like, well, I don't know. 
I don't really know what my spiritual gifts are, so, you know, I'll just leave that for another day, another year, right, maybe down the road. And I think it's like God is giving these gifts, and he wants our response to be my kids on Christmas Day, right? He wants us to jump in and say, yes, I want to learn about that. I want to be activated in that. I want to be, like, infused with that thing. You see, there are gifts, and and I actually just had this uh, picture for somebody um, a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Greg said, he's like, I think that's actually more for the church. But I saw this grate, and it was a black grate, and it it had large squares on the grate. And on the top of the grate was a whole bunch of fruit. But it wasn't just fruit. It was, and he said to me, it's Holy Spirit infused. And I actually like saw something go into the fruit and supersize it. So on this grate, there's this strawberry that's supersized and a banana that's supersized and a pineapple that's supersized. And you see, there was fruit because it was a large grate. There was fruit that was falling down. There was okay fruit. There was okay fruit, and it was falling through the cracks. But the Holy Spirit-infused fruit was too big. It wouldn't fall through because it was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And and we're going to pray at the end of today, like, I'm just not satisfied with that fruit that's okay that falls through. We want Holy Spirit-infused fruit. And I want that for you. We are in a time where we have been uh, separated, isolated, opened up. Separated, isolated, opened up. And I think in a lot of ways, we kind of have fallen out of the practice of operating in our spiritual gifts. And I almost feel like this is a season. It's just so exciting that God like, opened the church when we were in the midst of this series so that now we can operate in these things and we can practice these things and we can activate these things again because for so long we haven't been able to operate in them, right? We've been limited and confined and we can still operate in them, but it's just different than when there's more opportunity here together. So I just love his timing and we're going to pray at the end for that injection of Holy Spirit fruit. And we have to be discerners. We have to know What it is that we let go of that's okay fruit. Because sometimes we're called to that. Sometimes we're called to let go of the okay in order for the what? For the infused Holy Spirit supersized fruit. Because that's his empowering and his igniting. So people will will ask, when do believers receive their spiritual gifts? And I just have a few little points because I really want us to have a solid foundation a solid bedrock of spiritual gifts and where we're going with this. So there's a couple different views of when people receive their spiritual gift. And the one is when they are at birth, and the second is at their time of salvation. And so the first one, uh, some people believe that at birth, like out of you know, natural birth, that that's when you receive your spiritual gift. Because God knows you, right? Psalm 139, he knits you in your mother's womb. We know you've been preordained, predestined, and so he knows if you're going to become a Christian or not. And so you receive your spiritual gift at birth is what some people believe. And, um, and I actually personally don't agree with that one. And if you believe that and you want to come talk to me, that's totally cool. But um, I actually think that we have natural abilities at birth, 
right? We have things that we're good at, right? If you're a parent, you just know, like if your kid's really good at art or your kid's really good at teaching and helping other kids or your kid's that one that's always doing the dishes and serving, like there's natural abilities in us, I think, from birth. Do they often reflect a spiritual gift? Yeah, I think that they do. I think that they're often very connected. But I believe that spiritual gifts are given at the time of salvation, that when you accept Jesus Christ, when you surrender your life to him, that those natural abilities point you in those directions, but it's God, it's Holy Spirit that releases those gifts at the time of conversion. And so we might be really good at serving and think, oh, that's my natural bent, that must be my spiritual gift, and it might be one of, but let's not limit God. Let's not limit God that it has to be a certain way because that's a natural ability that we have. Holy Spirit says, I distribute and determine what gifts you will get. So you might have the gift of pastoral or teaching, but he wants to also move you in another direction. You might have a natural ability, right? But he wants to move you in a spiritual gift of something else. So let's not limit him. You see, gifts are for the upbuilding of the entire body of Christ, right? This is the purpose of the gifts. It actually says in Ephesians 4.11, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. This is called the fivefold ministry. This is part of the spiritual gifts. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and do what? Build up the church, the body of Christ. That's the whole purpose of these gifts. And so I believe as soon as somebody enters into relationship with God, they, are, um, they have been given a spiritual gift. Now, it doesn't mean that it's mature. <laughs> doesn't mean the believer understands it. Maybe the believer doesn't even know. They're like, what are you talking about? Fruit and gifts, and I just think you're cuckoo and just finally figuring out this Jesus thing and that's just a bit too much. And so this is why, why we have community, right? It's so that we can be around each other and have opportunities so that we can discover what our spiritual gifts are. And people that are around us can say, hey, I think there's just something in you with that. I think that gift might be something for you. And then we can encourage each other in that. 1 Peter 4.10, every believer has received grace gifts, spiritual gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many colored tapestry of God's grace. So does it mean that it's one and done, that at conversion I'm going to get two gifts and then that's it for the rest of my life? No, I don't think so. And Pastor Ken agreed. He said the same thing last week, right? He talked about being empowered and operating in all the gifts. And as I've grown in Christ, I I desire more and more of the gifts. I'm actually not really satisfied with one or two. Sorry. But here's the thing, when I'm not satisfied with one or two, I'm not taking yours, right? There's enough for all of us to go around, for all of us to be ebbing and flowing in and out of the Holy Spirit as we are needed to, to what? To build up the church, 
right? So when I need um, leadership to build up the church, the body of Christ, God's going to empower me with that thing, right? Maybe that's not my natural spiritual gift, but he'll empower me because why? Well, the body of Christ needs it right now and right then, right? You know, here, I just thought of an example. She doesn't know I'm going to say this. Elizabeth. So right before Christmas, we had like a, a bit of a, a staff change and I needed somebody to help me organize Christmas Eve. Now, if you talk to Elizabeth, I'm pretty sure um, like, you know, organizing a Christmas Eve wouldn't have been on a list of spiritual gifts that she would say that's like naturally where I'm going to go and what I operate in. But she stepped into that and you know what? God released the gift of leadership and organization and administration. She, she had a lot of that. But he empowered her even more so. Why? Because the body of Christ needed her. Because we needed her. Such a great example. The Holy Spirit is so good. Because I didn't think of that. He did. That was just awesome. And, and seriously, there are no spiritual gifts I don't want. <laughs> are there any you don't want? You're like, oh, actually, I don't want the gift of hospitality. I am closing my doors, that's it, I've had enough, right? We want all the gifts. They're beautiful. They're a reflection of God's character. They're Him. They're God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those gifts aren't some random things. They are God. And so, of course, we want all of them. Now, there's this myth that, and we, we've called this series Myth Busted, because there's lots of myths. There's lots of lies around spiritual gifts, and, and we got to clarify these things with each other. And so there's this myth that different spiritual gifts are ranked according to visibility and obvious influence. All right? This is a myth. This is not true, and we're going to bust it. You see, what happens is that word gifts and leadership gifts invariably get prized more than gifts like administration and service. Why? Because they're more visible. So you might look and think, oh, Pastor Kimmy has the gift of pastor, pastoral ministry. She has a pastoral gift. And I can see that operating, and I want that gift. Right? You know what I mean? So we, we put it on levels that that pastoral one is higher. Or maybe one like a word of knowledge. It's like, oh, that person, whenever I'm talking to them about something about God, they just naturally have a word. They just have a scripture. You know what? And I'm just calling people out today. It's so great. Trinity and I were just talking about Marlene LaFon. That girl you're just talking to her, and then she's just like, oh, yeah, that's in Ephesians 1, 6, and 7, <laughs> you know? And she's just so beautiful in how she does it, right? And so we look at that gift and think, ooh, that, whoa, whoa, move that one up there, because it's visible. I like that gift. It's pretty, right? We can see it. It's up there. But the gift of service that's down here, you know, Priscilla, who makes coffee every Sunday, and we don't see it, but dang, we taste the coffee, and it's fantastic. Well, we, we put these on different levels. Well, trust me, you guys would all be very grumpy if Priscilla was not here on Sunday morning, yeah. right? And her team, right? We need Priscilla and her team. If you can't find a seat here in the sanctuary, and Paul and his team don't put any chairs out, you're going to get awfully grumpy, right? 
But you see, we see the ones like the worship team. Oh, oh, that one's up there, right? But it's a myth that spiritual gifts are ranked in different levels and different, um, like there's some hierarchy. That is a myth. We need to bust it. That is a lie. You see, the church, that's us. It's our responsibility to train and to provide room for all of the gifts, right? Just as Paul described in 1 Corinthians, that we need a full body, right? We can't just have a part of a body. And we've heard this metaphor lots and lots, right? Like if we only focused on leadership, that's the only thing that we're going to focus on right now is leadership. Leadership. It's all about leading right now. It's all about training on leadership, equipping on leadership. We're going to empower leadership. We're going to give opportunity for leadership. Well, what would happen if that's all we're doing right now is focusing on leadership? Well, imagine leadership like my head. It's going to get to be this big. It's going to be like a bobblehead, right? And there's going to be this tiny little stick body because we're out of balance. I know I'm not a tiny stick body. I'm sorry. I'm not helping with the metaphor. But there's this bobblehead, right? Because it's out of proportion. And it's our responsibility to value all of the gifts equally, right? Dang, we got a worship team that rocks it and is connected to Holy Spirit. Dang, we got ushers that rock it and host us. Dang, we got people at the front door who are beautiful and their face just like welcomes you on in. The tech people, like seriously. I offer to Stefan all the time to go back there and help me and he just laughed, uh, let me help him. And he just kind of laughs like, no, no, no. You stay over there. This is my domain. Yeah, right? We need each other. We need Priscilla and her team in the coffee. We need our kids' ministry. We need our youth ministry. We need people that are powered, empowered with Holy Spirit to bring up and and help come around families to raise our children to know Jesus Christ. So that when they get to the parking lot, little Liam is like freaking out in the truck because he knows where Gateway Church is. He might be four, but trust me, he knows the address. Do you know the address? Because Liam knows the address. And that kid is busting out of his seatbelt to get in here. I saw him this morning. He's laying on the floor mad at his dad because he's not downstairs yet. Wow. This is because the people in our kids' ministry are activated and operating in their spiritual gifts. And kids know it. And they're running down there because the presence of God is there and they want to know more about Jesus. We value all of the gifts equally. We don't chase after a platform ministry. Let me tell you, it's, it's hard We go after the gifts that God has ignited and empowered us. We need the whole body in proportion. No bobbleheads, you know, no Dwayne the Rock pecs that are out of proportion, right? We need a proportionate body. I I think Dwayne the Rock is pretty handsome, so I'm not not dissing him at all. He's he's a pretty fine fine guy. (laughs) God created him beautiful. I just admire it, okay? (laughs) 
my kids are going to be changing their address, I'm pretty sure. They'll be like, you know the church address, move in. <laughs> you and Liam, just move into that church. You're so embarrassing. <laughs> we need the whole body in proportion, right? We need helpers. We need administrators. Oh, man, I'm just like shouting out people. Ronadette. Oh. Whoa. Right? Pure gold. Pure gold, that girl. Jalissa. Like pure gold, pure gold, you guys. And I know I'm going to forget people, and so I'm not, I'm not trying to. It's just like coming to my mind, and I'm just letting it flow today. So our prayer warriors, like dang it, right? Right? Like we need them. I could hear them yelling back there this morning. They were clearing out the junk so that you all could come in this morning and be in the presence of God. I literally, okay, I know you all think I'm weird. It's okay. We're not going back. I'm going down that road. Um, I, when I had my hands up, okay, do you know in like, some of you won't know this because you're too young, but in the 70s, they, they'd have like a picture and then it would be kind of like shadowed, but it had all those colors kind of around the person and it was like gold and yellow and brown and it was kind of like shadowed in behind them, like Charlie's Angels. I felt like that this morning. I felt like as I was moving, that the presence of God was so thick that I could actually feel his presence and it was like a slow-mo moving. Hey, that's because our prayer warriors came and battled. They kicked the crap out of the enemy and got him out of here so you could all come in this room and worship God, right? What if, what if we didn't have prayer warriors that were activated and infused with Holy Spirit? We'd come here and we'd have some coffee that tastes delicious and Paul would say hi and we'd go home, right? We need people that fund, that are generous, we need people that encourage and planners and preachers and missionaries and visionaries and teachers. And you know, a few weeks ago, I shared how we look at spiritual gifts and I, I was encouraging us to look at them from a different perspective. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back on our website, go back on our YouTube channel and check out our, our messages. Um, they're really good and I'm not just tooting my own horn because we've got a variety of incredible teachers and speakers here at Gateway and so there's just something for everybody there on the YouTube channel. But I was talking about these gifts and how they are so powerful against the enemy. I think this is part of why. This is part of why God gives us spiritual gifts. It's because they shut the enemy down. And you know, I, I've said it before, I don't like him. I actually hate him. <laughs> I actually hate him. And I know he hates me, so it's mutual. It's all good. But I want to shut him down. I just have no room for him. And you see, these gifts that Holy Spirit gives us, they shut down what the enemy is planning against us. So hospitality shuts down offense and bitterness. Leadership and organization and administration shut down a chaotic, confusing environment. Faith shuts down fear. Teaching shuts down ignorance. Encouragement and exhortation shuts down despairing and hopelessness. Giving shuts down poverty. These gifts are weapons that God gives us to shut down the enemy and overcome. And I am into shutting that guy down. He has had too much time. 
too much airtime, and we need to shut him down. So I want you to think of your spiritual gifts kind of like that. Like, these are weapons. These are part of the toolkit that God gives you to shut down the enemy. And if you are faced with something, something is coming, and you're like, I'm not really sure. Lord, would you give me the gift of wisdom? It's not my natural gift. I don't really operate in that one a ton. But would you empower me with wisdom right now? I really need a word, God. I really need a scripture. And again, that's not my natural, and I don't know the Bible that well. But would you give me a word of knowledge, Lord God, to encourage me and edify me and lift me up in this moment, right? It's to shut the enemy down. Now we're going to take a look at the 12, or sorry, there's, I listed 18 spiritual gifts. And I know in some places there's like, there's 12, there's 7, there's 18, there's 21. I looked at um, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4 to get this list. Now I'm reminding you, we're not containing God, Right? So this is a list, but we're not containing God. Literally yesterday was praying. Trinity and I were praying and prophesying over somebody, and I believe God gave this woman a new gift. It was something I've never seen, and I couldn't even really describe it, because I think it's something new. Right? So we cannot contain God. But these help us to know, like, where to go, where, where to like test the water, what to try out. So let's take a look. So here, administration, being an apostle. And as I read them out, I want you to be like thinking. And I want you to kind of, ooh, that one connects for me. Maybe that's something if you're not too sure what your spiritual gifts are. Okay, I'll start again. Administration, being an apostle. Uh, And that one, being an apostle, just super duper quick. That's one someone else really affirms in you. I know people that have stood up and they're like, oh, I'm an apostle. And that's one that's very um, visible and really, really needs to be confirmed by people around you. Uh, Discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, knowledge, it's like words of knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues, teaching, and wisdom. So you might be like, well, how do I discover my spiritual gifts? Well, first, they are Holy Spirit gifts for those that have the Holy Spirit in them. So first, you need Holy Spirit. So if you don't believe in Jesus, you need to find me after the service today, and you, you need to receive Jesus, okay? He, he can't activate the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit's not there, right? Holy Spirit can't activate a gift if Holy Spirit's not there. So that's the first thing, okay? You need to know who Jesus is and be infilled with the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when you look at that list, is there anything that maybe is jumping off the page? Any hints or clues, right? And the other thing to do is to ask the people around you, do you see a spiritual gift in me? Do you see something I should spend some time on or, or um, activate in or try it out, right? Ask the people around you. See, what if when Dwayne and I um, gave the kids the trip to Disney World, what if the kids were like, eh, whatever. It's Disney World. We've been there before, <laughs> 
right? They, would, they could have ignored that gift, and we obviously wouldn't have taken them, and they would have been disciplined for such an attitude. But what if they had been like nonchalant, like, nah, I don't really want to go to Disney World this time, you know? And I think this is what we do sometimes with the gifts of the Spirit. We're like, eh, I don't know. Do I really want to do that? And I feel like God wants you to jump over the coffee table and step into this place where, okay, I, I, I need to. It's almost like it's life and death. It's actually so significantly important to my church, to the body of Christ and the people around me that I walk in my spiritual gifts. Because if I don't, what's going to happen? We're going to get a lopsided body. Right? So it's actually so important for you to step into the things God has called you to. Now, I've asked Lisa, and I'm going to ask Marlene in a few seconds, but I've asked Lisa to come, and I want to get really practical, okay? Because we talk about these things, and I want to get it practical. And I asked Lisa to share. Uh, by the way, first of all, I want you to say, Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. Lisa's on our board, and an amazing friend and woman of God, like strength, strength. And so I've asked her, um, how did you discover your spiritual gift? And, um, and then how did you get activated in it? What did you do? Okay, this would be a really quick Lisa 101 here. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you do know me, a lot of you don't. Uh, I am the youngest of two children born to my parents a little bit later in life from my mom and dad. My brother is nine years older uh, than me, so uh, I was believing my natural gift was to be the boss of everything. <laughs> I grew up <laughs> I grew up a spoiled rotten little girl and I was the boss of everything. I met my lovely husband when I was in grade 12. We got married when I was 19 and we had the first of our three children when I was 24. Um, when I graduated high school, I started working for a bank and quickly found that I had a natural bend towards administration. Uh, being the boss was a good thing, and being able to figure out, I sort of had a head for that. Um, business was something which was really important to me. I loved uh, doing courses and learning that kind of stuff in uh, the uh, night courses that I was taking. And then when our first of our three kids was born, um, my husband decided to leave his job at insurance and start a business with my mom and dad doing basic drain cleaning and plumbing and things like that. And I chose to stay home and raise our children. So I sort of left all of that behind. Uh, I was very faithful, the mom downstairs, you know, running the nursery, teaching Sunday school, you know, being in the body of Christ. A lot of you know my story and it's like the heartbeat of, of this place is, is in me. I absolutely love Christ and I love the church and the body of Christ as a whole. Um, but when I was at home doing the mundane things of cooking and cleaning and doing my laundry and things like that, the reality of the six days a week that I wasn't in church started to hit home. So I began to order CDs and things like that and get some good biblical teaching, Chuck Swindoll and things like that from some of the old school stuff and get that into my heart and into my brain. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm an exhorter and I want to encourage all the other moms around me and encourage all the other wives. And, you know, we can do this. Yes, it's hard and diapers suck, but we can do this, everybody. And that's what I, I really felt that God was growing me in that. Uh, several years later, um, when my mom and dad retired and my husband and I bought my business, 
we, God really took us in a different direction. My husband became uh, very educated in wastewater and, and it's sort of a long story in his journey. And I took over running a company and running staff. So going from being a mom that, you know, in the church and, and exhorting one another to all of a sudden the realistic, I am now in Prince George, I now own a business. Um, the other six days a week that I'm not in church, how can I be practical and serve God in my day-to-day -day life out there? Um, and that's when I started to really realize who I was in Christ. And God had given me a scripture that was so applicable to um, the gift that I began to grow in. Um, 2 Corinthians 2. No, sorry. Yes, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be to God who leads us in triumph in Christ and those who diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And that hit home for me because I know um, the more of the word of God that is in here, the more of the word of God that comes out here. And I can speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I can talk about scriptures, and I can talk, the Christian talk to you, and you would understand. But when I am dealing with customers, and I'm dealing with the city, and I'm dealing with, you know, wastewater people out there in Prince George, and, you know, engineers that my husband is conversing with, I'm not that smart, everybody. I'm not. I have to stand there and talk to these people about, about their problems, their everyday problems. And God began to teach me how to bring his wisdom out there. His wisdom that I learned and gleaned from my church and was serving these people into serving the community of Prince George as a whole. And, and, and so I began to basically become part of, you know, the word of knowledge became my thing. So I wrote a couple things down. So the word of knowledge is exercised when the spirit of God provides information and wisdom and how to apply that knowledge that is beyond ourselves. And sometimes it is when a friend needs a word of wisdom. I've got some, you know, people that really serve God. And God gives me a scripture. They call me with a problem or they call me with a prayer request. And instantly God will give me that scripture and give me a story in the Bible that I read, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever. And I think, you know what? That is for you. And deep in my heart, I, I would come alive. It was like, yes, yes. That is where God would download things. I have, like Kimmy mentioned, the natural things. I've got the natural being the boss and being the administrator and exhorting because I'm a, you know, glasses half full kind of gal, loving on them. But this is something a little bit different. This is absolutely the Holy Spirit. This is a wisdom that is beyond me. And, and God uses that outside of not only gateway family, church family, but also in the community. And that's where I am today. I had to grow in that. I, I wasn't always there. Many of you know, I, you know, mom raised kids. Now I'm a grandma and it's, that's where I'm at today. So these things I feel like God is downloading into me to, you know, upload to the rest of the world. So good. So good. Let's give her a huge thank you. Yes. So good. I, I love that angle too, right? Not, it's not an angle, but just that, um, that perspective that, yeah, these gifts are to edify the body of Christ, but how God uses her in her work environment, right? In the marketplace, he's still using that gift 
uh, in her. So, so good, Lisa. Thank you. Marlene, yeah, share with us. Uh, same questions. How did you discover your spiritual gift? Uh, and, like, how did you get activated in it? Okay. Um, was I had rededicated my life back to the Lord um, in 1978. And it was the Faux Gospel Church at that time, or the, yeah, Faux Gospel was on uh, Auspica, and then it moved here into this building in 1980. So um, in 1981, I was just sitting outside waiting for my mother to pick her up and give her a ride, and I was just, I said, Jesus, what did you call me for? And I heard from my spirit, I heard a teacher. And... Um, at that time, within a couple of weeks, there was a ministry started in the church about ladies' Bible studies. And so because he had said a teacher, I knew where to place myself in the body and how to, you know, like be developed in that and how to grow in that. But the biggest um, lessons that I have learned from God is because of the sufferings that I have went through. I've went through some deep, serious sufferings. My son was tragically shot and killed when he was 16 years old, and that was back in 1990. But even leading up to that, I was in such a spirit of fear. I had been taken captive by that, and I was just in the heights of fear. And what I needed was truth. I needed the word of God. And um, throughout the time when God said that he called me to be a teacher, I have had to go through many hours of reading and studying the Bible, searching, seeking God. God, I need answers. Help me. And um, even as Job said that, um, he said he's needed the word of God more than his necessary food. And that's the way it was for me. I was in such a, such a suffering, and I didn't know how to get out. And I, know I knew I needed healing, and I knew God was the answer. And um, so I would just seek his face. And he began to speak to me in dreams. I'm a dreamer. Like, God has given me many dreams. And in my dreams, he has taught me to know my enemy. He has trained me to be a prayer warrior. And I heard his spirit one time say, a prophetic warrior. Because dreams is the prophetic um, ministry of God. And so he taught me to know my enemy. And that is one of the biggest things in my life that I value the most about God, is that he taught me to know my enemy, and he taught me how to overcome the strategies of the enemy and how to pull down his strongholds and how to be released from that captivity. And, and it's all come by the word of God. Yes. If I would... Yes. I would not be standing here if it was not for the word of God, if it was not for the Bible, and not being able to sit at his feet and to study and to learn and to know. And so um, after my son's death, I, I was just flat on my face. 
I just couldn't, you know, like I was just so broken inside. I was just broken in pieces. It felt like I had been hit on the head with a sledgehammer. I couldn't even keep my own word. But from then, um, I knew God wanted to give me a word about death. I thought, no, I don't want to go there because I didn't want it to experience any more people dying. But after a couple years, I thought, I just so desperately needed the Lord and needed his healing. So I got down on my knees and I said, okay, Lord, here I am. I, I submit to your call on my life. And um, he began to teach me because I had been taken captive by a spirit of death. Didn't know how I got in it. Didn't know how to get out. And so he began to teach me. And by his spirit and by his word... I have been able to overcome the spirit of death, the spirit of um, even the like physical grave. I know my body's going to fall asleep and be in the grave, but um, beyond the grave is resurrection life and resurrection power. And so he brought me into that understanding and taught me about his resurrection life and how to live in that. And he even spoke to me and said that um, as I live in the likeness of his resurrection here on earth in Romans chapter 6, um, that I am in the same spirit as my son in heaven. It's the same resurrection life, the same Holy Spirit. I don't see, you know, beyond... The veil, I don't see into heaven or anything like that, but we are in the same spirit. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, mm -hmm. um, God has, you know, given me through the tests, he's given me a testimony. And um, my testimony is today I am alive in Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. He has raised me from yeah. spiritual death into his resurrection life. And so, because of that, I am very excited. <laughs> I'm going to jump over that coffee table. You know, because God is just that good. Yes, he is. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Woo! Love those examples, hey? Those testimonies. So good. I want you to pick up on a few things. One, Lisa and Marlene didn't start out at the level that they're at right now with this gift, right? They had that inkling, and then they studied. Lisa studied, studied, studied. Marlene studied, 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 because that was the, the gift. They needed to step into that and, and study and mature in that. So, so we can't just think, oh, okay, today I'm going to find out my gift is teaching, and next week, Pastor Kimmy, I'm going to teach a Bible course, right? Like, we, we have to mature in these things. But if you think that your gift is teaching, you're going to go find Marlene, and you're going to ask her for coffee. You're going to ask her, how did you start act getting activated? How did you start operating in this gift? What did you do? Are there some opportunities, like some small ones that maybe I could step into? You're going to go to her Eston course Bible study. You're going to get yourself there because you're going to learn from somebody who has the gift of teaching, right? Does that make sense? Right? We don't just leave these things put them on the back shelf, we jump over the coffee table so that we can get engaged 
in the, the gifts that the Spirit has given us. Why? To build the church. And you know, it's the, the church, when we are strengthened as a body, right? And there's more release, like Lisa in her work environment. The Spirit of God is released in her work environment, right? And part of that is because us together as a body are supporting, right? We're supporting each other. And so the evangelist is out, not on their own. The prayer warriors are praying for the evangelist, right? And we're complementing one another. And this is why it's so important for us to all step into our gifts. It's our responsibility to build up the body of Christ. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and uh, we're going to do a closing song, but I'm going to ask everybody to stand and we're going to stand in response and I'm going to pray over you this morning. So what's going to happen is there's this incredible scripture in 2 Timothy 1 and men I'm going to get you to read out the first part, and it's going to come up on the screen. And I want you to read it with, with charisma. Okay? Guys, can you do that? Now, guys, just typically in church, you're outnumbered by women, so you're going to have to really step up your game, okay? We want to know you're here because we value you. We honor you. We, we know that you are empowered by Holy Spirit, and we want a release of your gifts. And, and actually, just before I say really quickly, I just want to affirm that gift in Lisa Kinney. You know, I honor her because she does have that gift of words of wisdom. I'm that friend <laughs> who goes to her because I'm in the midst of a struggle and I don't know what to do, and she gives me a word of God. I affirm Marlene <laughs> because she has the gift of teaching. And when I'm talking to her about something or I'm wondering where that scripture is, it's on the tip of her tongue. And so it's good for us to affirm these things that we see in one another. So let's read this scripture first. All right, guys, go. And women, the second part. There should be one more slide. It's not there. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, women, you're going to just repeat after me. For God will never give you, God will never give you the spirit of fear. But the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who gives you mighty power, you mighty power. love and self-control. Self now, in that beginning of that scripture, Paul says, I'm writing to fan the flame. You know, in ancient times, they always had these embers, these coals, so that they could start a fire. And I feel like because of our situation, there's these embers in these coals, and we're going to ask Holy Spirit to come and breathe on those spiritual gifts and fan a fire, fan a fire. So let's close our eyes.
And if you would, just put your hands out because I want you to receive. And I, I would just love for you to be in a posture of, I'm receiving this today, okay? So Jesus, we, we know, Lord God, that we have been a disconnected people, not together, separated, yet still gathering in homes, and your spirit is still at work. There is a move of God. <laughs> but it's like we're out of practice. And so this morning, Jesus, we're asking that you would fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gifts that you have imparted. Holy Spirit, we say breathe. Breathe. And I want you just to take a deep breath. And as you breathe in and breathe out, I want you to imagine Holy Spirit is breathing on the embers of your spiritual gifts and he is fanning those into fire. In... can just see little fires all over the room. Let's do it again because we want more. We don't want to be satisfied with a little. We want a lot. We want a lot of you, Holy Spirit. So take a deep breath in and out. And you're just saying, yes, Holy Spirit. I invite you. Fan the flame. Rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift in me, Lord God, that it would be a weapon to defeat the enemy, Lord God, <laughs> that it would be a glorious piece of the body of Christ. And so right now, I'm going to speak and pray out. You're going to receive gifts right now. God is depositing gifts upon you right now. And maybe you've never had this one before, but you are going to receive it today. Or maybe it's there, but it's just being rekindled. It's on fire. I speak out the gift of administration, being an apostle, discernment, evangelism. I speak out the gift of evangelism in this room right now. And I believe that God is saying to me, there's 10, there's 10 right now that I just deposited the gift of evangelism into them. Exhortation, faith. He just said 15. 15 just received the gift of faith. Giving, giving, healing, helping hospitality words of knowledge he just said three three just received the gift of words of knowledge leadership mercy prophecy i'm speaking out these out say, God, I'm collecting. God, I want it. I'm jumping across the coffee table, Jesus. I want the gift. I want it because I want more of your presence. I want more intimacy with you, God. Serving, speaking in tongues. I release that gift over everyone. Speaking in tongues, teaching. He said eight. And wisdom. He said six. And the ones that I didn't say a number doesn't mean those weren't released. He just didn't tell me what that number was. But the gifts of Holy Spirit are released here. 
they're released to the, the viewers online. Do not think that there is a barrier because you are not in this room. Holy Spirit is limitless and boundless. There are no walls that contain him. He goes through the internet. He goes through streaming to you in your home, wherever you are, and he is releasing the gifts over you. And if you have not been standing, I, I say stand. Stand in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is depositing gifts into you. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Release, Lord God. We want to be infused with Holy Spirit so we have supersized fruit. We're not satisfied with the little baby fruit that falls to the ground. That's good stuff. But we want awesome stuff. And so thank you, Spirit, for releasing that here in this place. You are good.